Hi again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls. This is the 102nd issue of The Chatter. It is. believe this? I know. It's great. And we have great guests. We have Grace Van Petten and Art Galoon in the house from Dubuque County Right to Life, and we're going to talk to them right after we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most most gracious gracious Virgin Mary, Mary, that never was it known that anyone anyone who fled fled to thy protection, protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Got to thank our sponsor, Hotworks, over on Holiday Drive. Holiday with two L's. Two L's. that's how you got to say it. And invite everybody over. Oh, my goodness. Yes, everybody needs to come see Dr. Ray Garendi on uh, Thursday, November 2nd, down at the Grand River Center. And he's a funny guy. The topic is laughter, the sanity of the family. And boy, if we couldn't use some laughter these days. This guy's good. He is good. (laughs) He is good. So um, they can go online to um, get some tickets. So that is kcrd-fm.org. Yes. Tickets are on sale now. So bring uh, a friend. Ticket customer service. I just had somebody call today. Did you? 563-231-3545. I know they're saying they don't know how to order tickets. They just want to talk. Well, everybody wants to talk to you, Tom, so that's a good thing. (laughs) It's good to hear the listeners, isn't it? It is. We like their feedback. Hey, we just got confirmation. We have an audio feed from the installation mass for Archbishop Thomas Zincula. Really? Which is coming up this next Wednesday. October 18th, 2 o'clock, Archbishop, well, Bishop Zincula mm-hmm. will be, by the time he's finished, Archbishop mm-hmm. Zincula mm-hmm. of the Archdiocese of Dubuque. The Mass is at 2 o'clock, and you can hear it live on FM 98.3 KCRD. That's a Wednesday, correct? It is. I was just looking to see. I think it's the Feast of St. Luke, the Evangelist. Where's our... That's uh, pretty good. Feast oh, yeah, day. there's my calendar. The Feast Day. Yeah. Well, well, that would be appropriate. Right. An Evangelist. An evangelist. Did um? Do you remember going to Jekyll's installation back in 2013? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. If people haven't seen, well, I shouldn't say this because I don't think you can just go to the installation. I think you have to ticket. Ticket. It's yeah. Ticketed only. But it's really cool because the um, Archbishop who is going to be installed knocks on the door. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that from last yeah. time? He like knocks on the door and then says something. It's scripted, and then the people inside say something else, and then they open up the big door, and they mm-hmm. let him in. Is this at Cathedral? No. no it's at Nativity. This will be at Nativity, yeah. which is the largest parish, excuse me, the largest church mm. in the Archdiocese. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. Yep. So for seating, and I think for parking, too. And then, you know, Cathedral's got all that work going on down there, so I think it took up a little space. So it's We should get be somebody up here to talk about that renovation. That's yeah, what a beautiful, is going on down there? Everything. Well, let's have Father Quentin talk about what Shall he's we? doing down at the cathedral. Let's do that. Yeah. Anyway. So lots going on. So but, we got, huh? Lots going on, but, but October is Pro-Life Month. Sure it is. Everybody knows that. Month of the Rosary, Pro-Life Month. Yep. We got Dubuque County Right to Life here, Art Galoon's here. We bumped him to segment two because we have a much bigger guest in the house. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Grace. Van Patten, where did you find Grace at, Art? 
Uh, I didn't find grace. Somebody younger than me found grace because everybody's you know, younger the than young, you. young people have to get together, and <laughs> I just watch, you know, how they do things right uh, in the pro-life movement. I put art at the other end of the table purposely for that. Grace, say hello to everyone. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Yes, Thank we are. you. Who are you really? What were you before? What did you do and what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll kind of share how I was found by Dubuque County Right to Life. So I actually went on the March for Life last year just through the Loris connections that Dubuque County Right to Life mm-hmm. has. And uh, on that trip, I was talking to Augustine, our executive director, and just kind of sharing with him my story of how I actually used to be pro-choice uh, in high school. Um, I believed in a lot of the things that Planned Parenthood pushes onto lo- young people. So I believed that this is a women's rights issue. I need to defend these rights, um, all those types of things. And then in college, I actually met some friends who were pro-life, and we had an open dialogue discussion about everything. And they kind of shared with me their side and I shared them with them mine and I realized a lot of the facts that they're sharing and that I'm sharing are not the same. Mm. They're very different. So mm. I after that conversation I went home and I just started Googling everything and researching everything I could and I watched the unplanned movie and I was convinced after that and I became pro life. Um very passionate about it because I do believe that many women believe in all of these lies and that's very scary. So Um, He wanted me to come speak at the Life Dinner about that, so I did. And then after that, I was offered an internship for Dubuque County Right to Life. Um, I just did that this summer. It was amazing. And then now I'm an outreach associate. So, Grace, tell them where you are in your educational journey. Yes, so I'm a senior at Loris College. I'm studying social work and politics. What a combination. Holy cats. (laughs) Yep. So where's home? Home is Glen Ellen, Illinois, so three hours away. I know that. Chicago southwest suburb, something yep. like that? Yep, yeah. western suburb. Yeah. Wow. How'd you learn about Loris College? So I actually had a few people in my family go there. Um, none in my immediate family. There were some of my dad's cousins, and my mom was convinced that I should go to Loris College. Originally, I wanted to go to... CU Boulder in Colorado. I wanted to go to Alabama. I thought I was going to be a big party school type person. And my mom said, no, go to go check out Loris. So she forced me actually to come visit Loris. And I ended up falling in love with it. And it was a great decision and it changed my life. So wow, that takes courage to go somewhere. Did you know anybody that was going to Loris? No, I actually did not. I did not know a single person. Wow, you're more courageous than I. When I went to Iowa, I took two of my high school friends and we all roomed together Mm because I didn't want to go alone. So good for you going alone uh, off to college. That's great. So you were talking about you came pro-life, excuse me, pro-choice, but you changed to pro-life. And their data and your data didn't jive. Talk deeper about that. What, What were some of the stories there? So I think I was, and I still am, always about women's rights and fighting for women. And I think I believed in these lies of, like, if we don't have abortion, women are going to die. Those types of things that abortion is needed in situations such as rape. It's not fair to make her do something like that when it was somebody else's fault. Um, All of those just kind of life type things that was kind of on my mind and I never actually thought about the baby and I also never thought about the impact that abortion has negatively on women and how it really 
hurts women and just leaves a scar on their hearts that then they have to walk with for the rest of their life and live with that. And um, my friend, we're actually co-presidents of Duhawks for Life at Loris now together. She is a neuroscience major, so she mm-hmm. kind of brought that perspective in of the mental health effects that this has on women. And she brought up the Unplanned movie, which is why I was so curious to go research it, because I had never heard anything like what she was saying before in my life. Mm. So I wanted to see if it was true, and it was. Mm. So was that a, a gradual recognition of these facts and truths or or did it just come all at once uh honestly for me it kind of clicked all at once it was a matter of a couple days of looking this kind of stuff up and figuring out the truth um for some people i know that that's not the case but for me it was kind of like wow i've been lied to a lot and then i found out the truth and it kind of clicked instantly were you angry that the that you'd been told lies yeah absolutely i think um, I just believed in this from the circle that I had back home in the Chicago suburbs. I never met anyone that was pro-life, unfortunately, so I never knew. And I think part of the anger I have just made me super sad because a lot of girls my age have abortions believing in these types of lies, especially like it's the clump of cells. And then, you know, they have their pictures of the clump of cells that you think is real until you actually see the actual pictures mm-hmm. of the babies mm-hmm. and you're talking ultrasounds or yep mm-hmm. yep and yeah you're i was angry yeah so what about your friends back home that were your pro-choice friends have you had an opportunity to talk to them or are they not interested in the conversation or how does that go yeah so they kind of um just befriended me um removed me don't want anything to do with me anymore because of my views they're very much so like if you're pro-life, you hate women, you don't, you know, that kind of thing. So you got not, canceled? <laughs> not necessarily canceled, but just removed from the friend group type of situation. And now that we all go to different colleges, it's hard to get together when you don't have contact through the phone anymore. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you've got a good group of pro-life friends at Loris. And in Dubuque. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. tell people jokingly, I say... You might lose one pro-choice friend, but you'll make five new pro-life friends for Isn't everyone that the you truth? lose. Isn't yeah. that the truth? That's a good way to put it. How would you describe the um, the atmosphere, the camaraderie on campus over at Loris with the uh, pro-life groups? Yeah, I actually think it's more peaceful compared to other colleges. It's definitely a heated subject on campus, um, which I think it is on every campus. And I think that I've received some negative you know, hate for being like very outwardly pro-life, but then I've also received a lot of support, like I said, and then I also have friends at Loris who are pro-choice and we are still friends. So Mm -hmm. it's not as like toxically heated as I've heard some other campuses are. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Grace, tell uh, Tom and Colleen and our listeners some of the things you've been doing at Loris College to outreach to the students and and tabling tell them what tabling is yeah so at loris um i just became president for this year and we've kind of been trying to bring the duhawks for life club back up it kind of died down when covid um happened just because there were so many restrictions on clubs Mm -hmm. and we do tabling um once or twice every semester which is basically we have a table set up, um, we usually set it up right outside the CAF because that's where the most traffic is of people coming in and out. And it's a ba- cafeteria? Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> cafeteria, yes, our cafeteria. And um, we do different things. We've done tabling with, with Dubuque County Right to Life and with Students for Life. And 
basically we just stand out there with information for people about um, what it means to be pro-life and factual information or we do a dialogue table which is where we have a sign that says should abortion remain legal and then we have yes no and then you get to vote with a piece of candy so it's kind of fun and um, people will just walk by and people love sharing their opinions at least most yeah. people do <laughs> even if you don't ask for it right mm -hmm. yeah and we try to remain neutral um, so that way we can have this dial open dialogue and we basically talk to people and with Dubuque County Right to Life, I've done dialogue training, and that has helped me a lot with trying to reach people where they're at and trying to help them see our side and come to our side of realizing that life is a gift and should be protected. And I did that at the Dubuque County Fair as well and had some great conversations. So, Now, did you learn that? I know Dubuque County Right to Life had that Equipped for Life course. Is that where you learned dialoguing? Correct. Yep. The oh, Equip okay. for Life course, I would recommend it to everyone that is pro-life. Um, it's a great way to have conversations with people who disagree with you. Mm. So how were some of those conversations at the fair? It, were they similar uh, to the conversations you would have at Loris or were they a different kind of thing? I think they were similar in the sense that a lot of people like myself are just very misinformed. I think that people just believe in what the media um, and Planned Parenthood honestly is pushing onto people. They just believe it. And um, when you actually start asking people questions, they realize like, wait, actually, that's a good thought. Like sometimes people will say, well, you're a human if you can walk and talk. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, what about babies or those that have disabilities? Are they less of a human? Mm -hmm. And people really think about things and you see them start to think about things. Oh, that's great. Do you think the people that you're encountering at these tablings that they are invested in that ideology of pro-choice or are they simply ignorant of the facts they haven't been presented with the truth what's your sense of that are they are they really all in and they're yeah that's a great question i've thought about that a lot actually i would say that there were a few each day that were very set in their ways of i'm pro-choice and they're very passionate about it but I would say the majority are actually like don't really know and are kind of unsure and they just believe in what their friends or their family believes, which could be the pro-choice side. So I would say that most are actually not very super passionate about it. There are some that are, though. Art, this goes to a conversation we've had on this show any number of times that says we have to keep doing this because every day, every year, there's a new generation of people that don't know the real story. No, but the, <clears throat> excuse me. The thing that's so great, and you can, we can see in this room, Grace is speaking without notes. Just so our listeners know that, and you can tell the passion. This is the chatter. There's no notes allowed. Well, yes, we don't. I always have notes because <laughs> I'm old. But for your listeners, Grace is everything she just said. She didn't have a single note in front of her, and she's well spoken, and she's intelligent, and she's a great ambassador for Dubuque County Right to Amen. Life. And, that's where we have her as an intern. And I think in regard to your question, Tom, the amazing thing that we've seen as science has taken us deeper and deeper into the womb, mm -hmm. and we have a whole generation of kids, I call them kids, Grace, you're a kid, <laughs> who have grown up knowing nothing but legalized abortion, nothing but legal abortion. Yeah, that's right. It's always been legal until last summer. Yet at the same time, they're also the generations that have seen the advancements in science and the window to the womb. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they've also, many of them, have grown up seeing ultrasound pictures of their younger brothers and sisters. So all this has been a, you know, science was always on a collision course with Roe v. Wade. And eventually it came to be right. that Roe v. Wade was overturned. But, but Grace is emblematic of a generation that has, through science and rational thinking, come to understand, and she's trying to convince others in a peaceful way, of the wrongness of abortion, how it kills unborn children and hurts women, mm-hmm. and, and the righteousness of saying, we're not going to allow that to happen, and simultaneously, we're going to help women who face unintended pregnancies, because they need help, and that's the two-sided coin. Mm-hmm. Stop abortion, just like slavery. We're, we're anti-abortion, if you will, abolitionists. Sure we are. When we look back in history, the people we we consider heroes were the abolitionists in the anti-slavery movement. Correct. Well, someday, I hope, and I don't know if I'll be alive for this, historians will look back at this period of our history and and think, how could we have done this for decades, killed pre-born people? And how could we have done this as a society and as a people Mm -hmm. and, and not come to the aid of women who need our help and to remove the choices that drive them toward abortion? And it's young women like Grace who will carry that message to her fellow students, and it's tremendous. Mm-hmm. It's great. We are visiting with Art Galoon and Grace Van Petten from Dubuque County Right to Life. Um, October is Pro-Life Month, and so we um, thought we'd have them in to talk a little bit about pro-life things going on. We had learned a little bit about Grace in this segment, and the next segment I think we'll hear about what's going on with Dubuque County Right to Life, what events they have, and then also what's happening at the legislative state level maybe even the federal level so indeed we'll We'll be right back after these announcements on fm 98.3 kcrd we're back colleen segment two of episode 102 we've got art galoon in the house and and uh, grace van petten art we're going to talk about uh, some things over at Dubuque County Right to Life, and you're 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 retired now, and uh, well, sort of. Yeah, we closed our office, but I kept my I'm, license. I'm reminded of the story of the uh, the attorney who died and went to heaven. Oh, I'm sure I've heard this, that's, but no, really, go ahead. That's I'm sure the, the listeners. That's really, not the punchline. Yeah, I'm sure the <laughs> listeners really want to hear another bad lawyer joke. The attorney died and went to heaven, and uh, Saint Peter was standing there, and he he said, "Congratulations." We've never had a 175-year-old attorney in heaven before. And he says, St. Peter, there must be some, some mistake. I'm not 175 years old. And St. Peter says, well, according to the hours you've billed. <laughs> Am I supposed to laugh at that? I, <laughs> no, Colleen can do it for I'll you. Here. It. I didn't see that one coming. It's okay. We, we lawyers have broad shoulders. <laughs> so you really are not retired. No, I, You're I, busier now than before. Yeah, actually, I think I am. No, I kept my license to do some special projects, mm-hmm. ex- pretty much ex- exclusively related to, to Right to Life work. But I want to be able to uh, get into court if I need to and to officially appear for clients and so forth. So I opened Galoon Law PLC. Very so, well, yeah. very well. What do you want to talk about first, legislation or Dubuque County Right to Life? Well, maybe go jump back to Grace and let her tell uh, us and the listeners what's going on next week 
Uh, this will air, I think, the weekend of the 13th, 14th, 13, 14, and 15th. 15th. And, mm-hmm. and Pro-Life Awareness Week is next week. And Grace, uh, who's our speaker and where can people see her? Yes, so the speaker we are hosting is Emily Albrecht, and she is a nationally known speaker. She is one of mm-hmm. the directors at the Equal Rights Institute, which is the organization that I did my dialogue training through. So she Where's this at, Grace? Um, she is going to be there um, October 16th in UW-Platteville. October 17th at the University of Iowa, and October 19th at the Church of the Resurrection. Here in Dubuque. Yep, here in Dubuque. So that's the, give me those dates again, 16, 17? And 19th. 16, 17, 19, which is next week. Right around the corner. Next week. We're recording this on Monday the 9th, but it'll air on the 13th, 14th, and 15th, so. What else do we got, Grace? Um, So upcoming after that, we also have... Let's see here. We have um, a Euthanasia Prevention Coalition Conference on October 21st. Um, We have a Trunk or Treat at 7 p.m. on October 26th at the fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. And then October 26th, we also have a Holy Hour for Respect Life Month um, at 7 p.m. in Piasta at St. John the Baptist Church. So a lot of cool stuff to celebrate Pro-Life Awareness Month. And that's what we got to do is is uh, hit this hard with prayer and fasting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and activism. Mm-hmm. Dubuque County Right to Life always does an awesome job in October of so many events that you can participate in, and that's when you see all your friends because they're all at the life chain or they're all at the luncheon or um, yeah. So that's always great. Yeah. So Tom, you're looking at me. Do you want me to talk a little bit now? Art. This is the most requested show we get. When are you bringing Art Galoon back to the chatter? I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, A couple things going on around the state legislatively, and I'll just bring you up to speed. We always like to talk about the heartbeat law that is currently uh, on track to be heard by the uh, Iowa Supreme Court. Give some some background because that's been bounced like a ping pong ball. Well, it was originally passed and never went into effect, and then it it worked its way to the Supreme Court of Iowa after the Dobbs decision and after Iowa also found there was no constitutional right for abortion in the Iowa Constitution. And surprisingly, the Iowa Supreme Court said, no, the law you passed when Roe v. The heartbeat law that was passed in Iowa when Roe v. Wade was in effect was really not a real law. They said it wasn't a real, it wasn't a real law. How can the legislature? Well, the Supreme Court said that. I know, but they pass a law. It's signed by the executive, the governor. Yeah, and the and the courts say it's not a law. I don't know, but they wear the black robes, and so they were. They said okay. that. So then that led to the governor, Governor Reynolds, here in Iowa, right, uh, asking the legislature to come back for a one-day uh, legislative session. And that was in the spring, right? Uh, July, I want to say July. July, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Grace went down to it. She can tell about her testimony down there, and. Um, that was for the purpose. They had the pro-life votes to do this, and they passed the heartbeat mm-hmm. again. Second so, time. Second time. So now hopefully it is a real law. Because and it they, was signed by Reynolds. Uh, yes, and it, and it was passed after the Dobbs case overruling Roe v. Wade, so the Supreme Court presumably can't say it's a fake law. So that case is currently in process before the Iowa Supreme Court, November 6th, uh, uh, written argument called Briefs and the Law Are Due. Those are the ones being offered by Governor Reynolds' legal team in support of the, the constitutionality and legality of the heartbeat law. So Monday, November 6th, yes. the mm-hmm. Iowa Supreme Court looks at it? 
Well, no, that's when the the written arguments called briefs from the state of Iowa, the pro-life arguments are due to be filed by November 6th. Now, are you involved with that process? Do you put your two cents worth in? I'm I'm not specifically, no. They got some smarter, better, greater pro-life lawyers Mm -hmm. than my my mind uh, working out. They're great, great lawyers, both men and women. And so the state has their briefs due November 6th, Mm -hmm. and then Planned Parenthood and the pro-aborts will have their opportunity to file briefs. And then uh, I believe the state will have what's called a reply brief. Then they will schedule it for oral arguments before the Iowa Supreme Court, probably in December or January. And then the Iowa Supreme Court will have until June to decide Mm. whether the heartbeat law is going to go into effect or not. So our listeners, we hope, will pray for that. And um, just rule of thumb, the heartbeat law, is that something like 14, 15 days? Something, what, what is the well, it's um, general, intention here? Well, it's, it's generally recognized that it, that it could be as early as six weeks that the pro boards call it, they don't want to call it a heartbeat, although everybody on the street calls it a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it car- the detection of cardiac activity. So the bill is meant to um, give some credence to the idea that when our hearts start beating as preborn people, we're pretty much alive. <laughs> and and e- even though science, as Grace yeah. and all her uh, uh, pro-life uh, debaters would say, science tells us that life begins at conception, and it has done that for hundred plus years that blob of cells is making noise right. is that what you're yeah. saying but it all well, only makes sense because you know remember if you die that's because your heart has stopped right. so heartbeat should be a sign of life but the thing yeah. the thing i would I like encourage that. your listeners to remember is some people will say well geez why why don't you just pass a bill that says life at conception and believe me those are being considered and will be offered i'm sure and 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 why do you compromise and say because we know an unborn human being is still an unborn human being deserving right. of civil rights protection from the moment of conception up to six weeks? Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. why are we going to allow abortions there? And I encourage people to remember that the abortion battle is on all sorts of different fronts. It's a cultural battle, it's a moral battle, and it's a political battle. And in the political world, you can't always get. 100% of what you want. So there's a great philosophical debate on whether we should, do we allow incremental victories? Is, it, is the heartbeat bill an incremental victory? You know, slavery wasn't defeated in a day. So right, right. Abortion, so you're taking what the defense will give you. Generally speaking, yes. And you got your, you have to fight your way all the way to the end. And that doesn't mean that you're abandoning uh, correct. The, the battle correct. for correct. life at conception. Right. And anyone who says that you know, you're giving up on a principle of some kind when you try to get the most you can get in the political arena. I, I don't agree with that. We have to win the yeah. battles we can win, right. and then on and on and on until we have victory for the preborn and really victory for women. Because as Grace said earlier, women are hurt by abortion. They're mm-hmm. really victimized by abortion and all the lies they're told about how safe it is and how there's no after effects and so forth. Now, you mentioned the Supreme Court has then until June to decide. I know 2024 is an election year. Is there going to be a change over in any of these judges? Not or, not, before not before June of 24. Okay. And I, I wish I could tell you, we'll do another chatter and we can talk mm-hmm. all about the judiciary. But there will be um, three of the justices up. And the nice thing is we're going to have the three that are up for retention votes, as they call them. They will have been on the record 
about mm-hmm. where they stand on mm-hmm. the abortion issue. True. Sometimes we don't get that. So, True. Anyway, so that's the, the heartbeat case in Iowa is working its way through the mechanism of the Iowa Supreme Court, and we'll try to keep people updated with news from Dubuque County Right to Life. Uh, and, and people can always call the office at 556-5960 and, and get any information they want. That's what, you, that's what we do. On that information, and there is an election coming up in next month, November, Is are there any pro-life issues on the ballot this November 2023? Uh, I don't believe so. In Iowa, there aren't any. We don't have, like some other states have, actually constitutional amendment issues that are very serious. Ohio, I know, has it and others. And uh, um, although I would say in in races that traditionally are considered to be non-political and don't touch on the life issues, as we've seen recently, with the city council's consideration of Mary's Inn and Mary's Inn moving into a new ha- uh, neighborhood, and the mm-hmm. city, Dubuque City Council's, you know, overwhelming endorsement of support for Mary's Inn and and what they do and rezoning and things, you, you can see well that 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 will touch on it, you know, and so it's worthwhile to see where candidates stand on uh, the abortion issue because you never know when that issue or something related to the life issues. Uh, such as Mary's Inn wanting to move to a, a different neighborhood, right. Um, right? Will come before the council. So, what else is on the legislative horizon? Well, we've talked a lot about the Moms Bill in Iowa, more options for maternal support, and that bill was passed a couple of sessions ago, and then the last session they voted another half a million dollars to support it. So the Moms Bill, think of it this way: the Moms Bill bucket of money is a million dollars. That's it. Well, right. That's paltry. That's so it. I don't get me started, Tom. <laughs> but the interesting thing is not a dime of it has gone anywhere because they had to do, the state isn't going to run and administer the mom's funds. Oh, they're looking for funds. a uh, yes, third-party administrator. They put out a, a, a RFP, a request for proposals, and the deadline was extended, and it was October 6th, and they're supposed to announce a winner by November 11th, and they're supposed to be operational by December 13th. Now, I do know that the organization that runs the MOMS program in Texas, where remember Texas, uh, authorized $120 million of support for MOMS. And and for leaders, or excuse me, listeners who aren't familiar with this, we're talking about everything from car seats to rent to educational support, job support, everything. And and it's it's the double-sided coin we talked about before. When Texas passed their heartbeat law a year or two ago, they also passed simultaneously a bill that provided $120 million for support for women facing unintended pregnancies. Real, real concrete support. Where are the people who claim to be pro-abortion, who say that pro-life people only care about a baby before they're born? Where are, what's their stance and support for the mom's bill here in Iowa? Well, odd, oddly enough, the... Uh, most of the Democrats in the Iowa legislature and the Dem- Democrat Party, their platform in, uh, in Iowa is pro-abortion. They voted against the mom's bill. So this makes no sense. Don't get me started. This makes no sense, Art, because, the Colleen, we've talked about this mm-hmm. even with the maternity home. Mm-hmm. They want to label pro-life and people at organizations like Dubuque County Right to Life, but not exclusively, that you only care about the baby before it's born. 
And now here you, we are advocating for the moms, which is mothers of, what's the acronym? More options for maternal more, support. More options for maternal support. We've got only a million dollars. We could use a lot more from the legislature. And the people who are advocating abortion are not getting behind Correct. And the, and the moms other, and children. The other fallacy about that is you have to look no farther than, no further than Dubuque, Iowa, to see the false falsity of that statement that pro-life people don't care about babies after they're born. Birthright of Dubuque, Mary's Inn, which uh, provides a home for women in unintended pregnancies, and the Clarity Clinic. We've said this before. Right. People are right. surprised. I say, do you know how long the Clarity Clinic follows women before the baby's years. born? And then after the baby's born? Six years. Years. Mm -hmm. Think about mm -hmm. that. You know, we go down to Emma Goldman Abortion Clinic every Thursday pretty much. There's a group from Dubuque that goes down and tries to support the great people at Johnson County, Right to Life, and other area pro-life people. And when we go down there, you know, we'll say to people, the last thing Emma Goldman will, will do for you is help you kill your baby. They are not going to help you if you have complications from the abortion. They are not going to help you with the things that are driving you here. Lack of rent, lack of funds, mm -hmm. educational concerns, anything. Well, so. The thing that confuses me is if someone, if the Democratic platform is pro-choice, mm -hmm. and if women have chosen to give life to their baby, right. then why wouldn't they be on board? I can't answer that question either because it doesn't make any sense to me. You'd right. have to if ask they're pro-choice, the, the, they should be behind that choice. Yeah, and, and for my two cents, and I'll say it here on the air, for a person of any party, and in this case, it's the Democrats that do it, for them to claim to be pro-life and then vote against the more options for maternal support bill and funding is an atrocity. It's wrong, and people should hold them accountable. Now, I say that not to have a person cast a vote one way or the other. We say that at Dubuque County Right to Life, we don't endorse candidates. We do not endorse candidates. But we, but we will tell people what a person's voting record is. And when someone says, well, tell me, do you think so-and-so is pro-abortion? The answer to that can be yes, and you say why. And you say, here's the vote. And you can't call yourself pro-life if you voted this way. Right. So, anyway. So, sorry, I didn't mean to get totally I'm, I'm, off on no, that. No, I'm listening to you, and I'm going to... I didn't set you up for this. I apologize in advance. There are um, cities across the country, they call, um, call them sanctuary cities, where they will... Would, what would it take to make the city of Dubuque or Dubuque County a sanctuary city for moms and their babies when they're pregnant here? Well, I think it already is. I know, it has but, a, but we haven't gone on record, have we? I mean, other than this show and what, what you and Clarity Clinic, Dubuque County Right to Life for, for these years, but how do, we right. get, how do we get the label, Colleen? Mm -hmm. what, what do we do? Well, as I would say, the, you know, Dubuque has trumpeted for the last quarter century and more that we're a welcoming diverse, inclusive community. And we must tip our hats to the city council, the seven members of the city council, including the mayor, because, right. on, because on September 18th, when the Mary's Inn rezoning issue came up to allow them to move from one house in Ward that 2 was beautiful. to another house in Ward 2, they resoundingly seven ac nothing. accepted that mm -hmm. and said, why? Because that's who we are in Dubuque. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that an additional decree of sanctuary city is needed with that kind of um, 
uh, ethos coming from the city council. Now, sure. unfortunately, Mary's Inn, as many of the listeners probably know, got stopped from mm-hmm. that moving to that neighborhood because of an unelected bureaucratic board called the Zoning Board of Adjustment, where mm-hmm. four out of five voted against Mary's Inn getting a, a conditional mm-hmm. use permit. Yeah. And so that was, uh, in my view, um, unwarranted and unjustified and without any evidentiary support before it. So, but generally speaking, the elected representatives here in Dubuque are very supportive of Mary's Inn, and, and that, that shows a great pro-life attitude of sanctuary for these women that have no place to live other than the place Mary's Inn gives mm-hmm. them, which, and Mary's Inn is the only maternity home in eastern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Correct. But wouldn't it be great coming in on Highway 20 into Dubuque, you see the sign, All-American City, 2017, All-American City. Right. Wouldn't it be awesome to have a sign, Sanctuary City? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Art, we're going to hold you over. We're running long on segment two of the 102nd issue of The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD and the KCRD mobile app. We are brought to you by Hotworks, the 2L Holiday Drive in Dubuque. We're back. You're listening to The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. Colleen, we've got a great lineup today. Art Gloon's in the house and Grace Van Petten, and we're going to talk more to them after you invite everybody. I hope I see every listener there down at the Grand River Center this Thursday, November 2nd, to listen to Dr. Ray Garendi. It is always a delight to get together with like-minded people and have an, an adult beverage and a nice meal and to have a good a good speaker and if you need a ride and you need some friends give us a call at 563-231-3545 that's right and tickets are available at kcrd-fm.org bring a whole car load get a table it's always more fun when you're at a table with all your friends don't forget to tune in this wednesday afternoon at two o'clock two o'clock wednesday october 18th at two o'clock Archbishop-elect Zincula, a local boy. Mm-hmm. Can I, yeah. I can't. A local excellency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't say boy, can you? Well, I He's guess we can. We're successor to the apostle and all. So. We're the same age, don't you know? Are you? Yeah. Oh. What a great guy. I guess he was quite the athlete. Yes, he is. Someone was saying he's even in the Hall of Fame and uh, down at Cornell College in Mount Vernon. Could be. For football. Could and be. And he does not look like a football player. He looks oh, yeah, like a he track does. player. Yeah, he, a track he looks star. like, uh, just say, yes, Archbishop. <laughs> Two o'clock Wednesday, October 18th. Grace Van Petten's in the house from Glen Ellen, Illinois. She's a four-year Dewhawk on a road to a five-year Dewhawk. And you're, <laughs> you're working over with... Uh, Augustine and Laura and the whole crew over at Dubuque County Right to Life. What is a day in the life like for you over at the office? Yes, so one thing I love about my job at Dubuque County Right to Life is every day actually looks very different. I could be um, in the office doing a lot of office tasks for Augustine, helping him out. I could be engaging with our donors and writing donor letters, or I could be out in the community doing outreach or doing something bigger, like this summer I got to testify um, at the Heartbeat Bill decision. So it kind of depends on what the climate's like and what I need to do. Um, So I get to do a lot of really fun and 
influential things so in the community. So wait, 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 wait a minute here. You're an intern, and you're writing donor letters, going to the legislative outbreak, uh, teaching classes, helping Augustine. What she, gives here, You Colleen? know, I was there in June at the state capitol, and Grace and Augustine both spoke. I was so proud that they were affiliated with Dubuque County Right to Life. They did an outstanding job. Thank you. Did a great job. So what happens? Uh, are you coming back for a fifth year to um, Duhawk Hill? Yes. Yeah, so I'm coming back for um, a fifth year because COVID kind of took away my freshman year. So I'm going to come wow. back to do more work, um, keep working for Dubuque County Right to Life, and stay in Dubuque. For one more year, and then after that, we'll see where life takes me. What are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking about applying to be either a focused missionary or going to grad school to get my master's in social work. Wow. 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 Art, did you pick this woman? I had nothing to do with it. That's why it's been such a great success. <laughs> wow. Well, keep up the good work. <laughs> I, I Just as a board member, we just approved whatever Augustine wanted here in regard to Grace, and you can see why, because she's intelligent and passionate and, and, and well-spoken and a great ambassador absolutely for right to life and absolutely. for Loris College too yeah it just gives us so much hope when we see young people because you know our we're, we've been in the fight for a while and you kind of look back sometimes and you go is anyone behind us is it all is there any hope going on for the future and there's a lot of hope people well, like that's Grace the uh, Latin root here you, you and I were talking about Latin um, and in both of us should have paid more attention when we took Latin but um, the the root word uh, tradition comes from the Latin word to hand on, and who do we hand on the pro life tradition here in Dubuque and at Dubuque County Right to Life, but to the next generation and whatever you didn't do to get Grace in here, keep not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna put it in good hands with Grace and her uh, her That's cohorts. For sure. so. Wow. Give us uh, some update. You had all kinds of. Uh, I always come in with a lot of paper, Tom. And you were talking about something uh, in California, well, uh, the land of... East and West, I'm going to give you something from the East, then I'm going to give you something from the West, then I'm going to give you something from the Midwest. Go ahead. So out East, recently uh, a pro-life uh, advocate named Lauren Handy and several other uh, pro-life people um, were in an abortion clinic and the medical waste people came up and were taking out boxes. And they said to the medical waste worker, do you know what's in those boxes? He says, no, I don't. And, he, and they said, well, what happens where you take them? And he says, well, we, we just throw them out. And they said, well, okay, well, if you're going to throw them out, do you care if we take one? Anyway, you may have seen this story on the news. They found... This was out where? Washington, D.C. Okay. And they found dozens of uh, late-term aborted babies. And it was really grisly. And in awful. cardboard boxes being taken out by the... By the medical waste people. So to be incinerated. And so wow. that grisly discovery didn't get enough publicity. And this was just recently, 2023? Yes. Didn't get enough publicity, but recently the uh, Lauren Handy and others went on trial for violating the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, from an incident in October of 2020. And what they did in October 2020, they went into this particular abortion clinic and uh, sat down. And akin to the civil rights protests and lunch counter protests in the 60s, where mm -hmm. people would sit down and say, I'm not leaving my lunch counter chair here because just because you have a sign there that says, you know, colored people can't be served, right. I'm not moving. Right. So. 
that kind of civil disobedience has always been recognized as as long as it's peaceful and civil and so forth. But the, the trouble is the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, go, flies in the face of that, no pun intended, by saying people who do this are going to be accused of stopping healthcare clinic uh, activity, and you can go to prison for 11 years. Well, they just got convicted mm. recently. And Lauren mm. Handy, because of her sitting in a chair in an abortion clinic, uh, trying to... Lauren's a woman? Yes, Lauren Handy, try, her and others, sitting in a chair, waiting room chair, talking to women who were going in to have an abortion, trying to talk them out of it. And when asked to leave, she wouldn't leave. She was convicted of this. Now, the judge put her in jail pending her appeal. So she's in jail right now. Mm. This wouldn't happen other than on the abortion issue. And most importantly, the appeal point, without getting too technical here, is the abortionist at this clinic was quoted in an interview as saying, so what happens if you have a late-term abortion? These babies are Mm -hmm. born alive. He said, well, I'm not going to help the baby. So part of the reason Lauren Handy and others went into this clinic was under recognized law, if you're going to defend another person's life, if you're trying to save the life of another human being, you can take reasonable, peaceful action to do that. So their defense in part was, we were under what's called the necessity defense. It was ne- necessary for them to go in and do this to try to save these preborn babies' lives. And that defense wasn't because allowed. Because some of them are being born yes, alive. Yes, and because of their gestational age just generally. So that defense was not allowed to be presented but wait, who's, wait who said they couldn't use that defense? The judge. Oh, for crying This yeah. was in Washington, D.C. Dis- district court or state federal, court? Federal, federal court. court. Federal court. So the Department of Justice has unleashed, the pro-abortion Department of Justice has been unleashed on uh, pro-life people in these situations. So that's one thing. So lo- my, my point being that there are people, pro-life people out there, mm-hmm. who are sacrificing their money, their freedom. Lauren Handy's one of them. So that's how it is. Now let's move out west to California. Many of our listeners will remember back in 2015, David DeLayden, sure. Sandra Merritt, Troy Newman, and others, and um, Lila Rose, others, had gone into uh, abortion doctor conventions. They also, and, and they, they posed as journalists or as company representatives from companies to get them talking about how much it costs to purchase dead baby parts. And people will remember that... So who's doing the purchasing and from whom are they purchasing? Well, there's companies out there that purchase, and they're purchasing from the abortion clinics. Okay. And the key thing is they had abortionists talking about how they did the abortion in a certain way to preserve organs of these preborn babies to get a higher price. In fact, there was one abortionist that said something about, I'd like to get my Lamborghini here, and so I I know how to do this. I know how to perform an abortion to get a better intact liver, a better intact heart, a better intact kidney. It's very, very grisly stuff. So now, they are essentially doing organ harvesting yes. on a made-to-order or a mail-order, a, a pay-for-order basis. Right. So universities and other clinics want these to study them. Now, let me, let me tell you the rest of the story. So... This was a huge splash in the media back in 2015. Congress at the time did their own hearings and sent referral letters to the Department of Justice to prosecute these people for selling aborted baby fetal parts. That never happened. That The prosecutions never occurred against the abortionists who were doing 
this illegal activity. Mm-hmm. What did happen, though, was Planned Parenthood sued David DeLayden and other pro-life people, Sandra Merritt, in California court under what's called the RICO Act. You may have heard of it. It's the Racketeering and Corrupt Influence Organization Act. Right. And it's sort of a quasi-criminal act uh, prosecution, but it's for money. And so they accuse them of trespass, fraud, and all these other things. For, for doing investigative journalism. Basically undercover journalistic work. If, if David DeLayden and Sandra Merritt and these others had been out there as representatives of the New York Times or the Washington Post or any major newspaper, this would never have happened. They, however, in their trial, did not get to put on the First Amendment defense, did not get to say, we're doing undercover work here. And... So the case is now on appeal, but, but they've, the judge recently imposed fines. Sandra Merritt, I think, was fined $16 million. The other similar. So, so like Lauren Handy out east. Who so sacri- is that a let statutory? Me just, let, me, let me just finish, Tom. So Laura Handy out east, sacrificing her freedom. Right. The others out in California, sacrificing their money. They'll never be able to. You can't discharge this debt in, in bankruptcy. They will never be able to own personal property because it can be taken away from them. So they've basically paupered themselves for the so, pro-life So is moment. that a statutory um, finding, $16 million? Is That's the judge has to find what, what Planned Parenthood supposedly was damaged by this activity. Well, these are damages yeah, to... money damages to Planned Parenthood. These people are on the hook now to pay Planned Parenthood $16 million. I think part of that might include attorney's fees, too, because this case went on for years. The Thomas More Society, God bless them, were the lawyers out there defending these folks. But it's going to go up so on appeal. So what damages did Planned Parenthood incur? I, I can't even... No real damages. They make, say damages to reputation, damages to it invasion. Makes, their reputation can't no be damaged well, beyond Well, trespass. They say they were trespassing at the abortionist conventions they went to and things like that. So... It's all this amorphous damages. But anyway, so the interesting thing right now, legally, here's where it stands. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which has California, Oregon, and most of the western states, recently made a decision in an Oregon case mm-hmm. where some animal rights activists went in to an animal farm and, and undercover got evidence of animal cruelty. In the case, in that, When that case got to the Ninth Circuit within the last year or so, they said... That activity was constitutionally protected by the First Amendment. So now the lawyers for Sandra Merritt and these other people are arguing and trying to pursue that appeal to say, you can't say that the animal activists have a constitutional right to go undercover and expose all this for animal cruelty and then say that the pro-life activists can't do the same thing. So it's a pretty good legal argument. Unfortunately, on the main case, they just asked for the Supreme Court to, to consider the the case and what happened. The Supreme Court said, we're not, we're not, we're not going to hear it. The Supreme Court of the United States. They yeah, they're not obligated so, to. So now they're back to where they have to have the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a federal court of appeals, kind of reverse itself. So we'll see how that goes. So the point being, though, that we all live in our own little pro-life world and we all do what we can. And I always say to people, don't ever ask some, don't ever criticize someone for what they don't do. Thank them for what they do do in the pro-life movement. But there's people out on the front line sacrificing their freedom, sacrificing their money, and so forth. So that's east-west. What do you got in the Midwest? I got in the Midwest. This is some good news. I can't just leave with all bad news. So... Illinois has a pro-abortion governor, has a pro-abortion attorney general, and has a pro-abortion legislature. This isn't the good news, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, in the okay, end. okay. 
They passed uh, SB... Wake me when it's over. Yeah, no, just bear with me. I can't leave you on a bad note. So they passed SB 1909. And 1909 is is the bill, I think that Senate bill, Illinois Senate bill. Right. And the bill labeled crisis pregnancy centers as uh, centers that could be investigated by the attorney general if the attorney general felt that they were engaging in, quote, deceptive practices, unquote which would be things like telling women you're going to be harmed by abortion, which is true, telling women that they're going to suffer long-term consequences from abortion, which is true, telling women that their unborn child is a human being, which is true. So this Those was, are deceptive. That's what, the, that's what this bill allows the attorney general to prosecute people for if, if he felt, and I can't think of his name, he's recently elected, but it, he, he, he was the one who could target various clinics and decide whether or not to prosecute them. So various pregnancy clinics went ahead and filed for an injunction to stop this law. And the reason they wanted to do that is because, uh, number one, they didn't want to be investigated. There could be $50,000 fine per violation. So if the attorney general felt that that uh, the scientific information they were giving wasn't appropriate or didn't agree with it, you know, give information that says life begins at conception and here's why. Right. And the attorney general is going to say, no, life doesn't begin in conception. It doesn't begin at the heartbeat. It doesn't begin at brain waves and et cetera. He could win that battle, sue them, fine them $50,000. Well, thank God a federal judge in Illinois put a stop to that and said, basically, I can't imagine, the judge said in his ruling, more or less, I can't imagine a law that is a more deadly wrong law that infringes on the First Amendment rights of these crisis pregnancy centers to tell the truth. Wow. So that's the good news. So I'm sure the cases are going to be litigated further, but at least one, you know, we see so many times where judges just make these rulings that you think, how can they do that? Well, here's a judge who saw the light, saw it right away. In Illinois. In Illinois. So we finally had at least one federal judge giving some protection. to. So he's a federal judge in Illinois? Yeah. Wow. I think. And so some of these seem to be like First Amendment heavy, you know, really dependent upon the First Amendment. When we were little boys and girls, did we ever imagine that the United States of America and the Bill of Rights and our sacred Constitution would um, be disregarded and we'd be living in Soviet-era America? This is just amazing art. It's a hard time. It's, it's a hard time to be pro-life, and people have to be courageous. I should correct myself. I'm not sure if it was state or federal court. It could have been state court because it was a state law that was at issue there. Right. So, and they only would be able to ban it in Illinois, so it's probably a state court judge. But the, the important point is we need people to be brave. We need them to be fearless. And, and uh, abortion is like slavery, like I said before. It is the most divisive issue in the country. It is. It's taking a road similar to the eradication of slavery. It is. And um, that's that's the future. And, and thank God for people like Grace Van Petten and others who are willing as young people to, to as young people to say, I'm in this fight for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. if it takes that long. Well, and thank goodness for radio stations like KCRD, and we can talk about these subjects openly. We don't have to conceal things. We don't have to only say one side. I mean, thank goodness that there's some good pro-life media out there. Grace Van Petten from Glen Ellen and the president of Dewhawks for Life. Co-president? Yep. Co-president. Good to have you on. We're going to have you back, Grace, since yes. you're coming back for year five. 
Perfect. Doing that. Art, always a pleasure Thanks, here. We're going to have to get Colleen. you back before the end of the year again. And Well, now that I'm sort of retired, I can come back whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! Uh, yeah, Was that a yeah, threat? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. We'll take well, a poll of the listeners. If they say no, then I won't. Oh, come I can see them right now. But well, we hope to see all of our friends on Thursday, November second, down at the Grand River Center for our tenth annual benefit dinner. Um, Dr. Ray Garendi's the speaker. The topic is laughter, the sanity of the family. We could all use that. Tickets available at kcrd-fm.org. Um, and always tune in. Leave your radio station tuned to 98.3 FM. As we used to say, tune it to 98.3 and rip off the knob. <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the to Father, Father and to, to the, the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and ever shall be, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, many thanks to Hotworks. Tune in again next week. We love you.